I don't, I don't think he realized, you know, what I would do when I was 12 years old. I, I, don't, I don't think he has any clue, you know, the thoughts that would go into my head. So, you know, maybe that's for you, but is that for me? Now, obviously, you know the answer to that, and I know the answer to that, but that's what I hear every day. You don't understand, Mary. You don't know what I've done. Right? Maybe, maybe we've got some burdens. Maybe we've got some issues. Ashley's got something she's going to hand out to each one of you. And I want to make sure you each have a pen. Roland's going to be helping her. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need one. I, don't, I, don't, I want to make sure I get one. Thank you. And I think I need a pen, too. So, okay. So this says, cast your cares. Right? And it's got some lines. And I've got a lot of cares in the world, right? Sometimes my cares, my burdens, my sins, my iniquities, sometimes they're things that, like, I've already asked him to forgive me for it, and then the next day I did it again, (laughs) right? And I think, like, how can he really love me? How can he really forgive me? How can this still stick when I still struggle? But sometimes the cares that we have are doubts, are our fears. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if this is true. And it, it, doesn't this only work if you really believe? Like, maybe, maybe, you know, I kind of believe, but I don't really believe. And then so I don't know, right? I don't know what your cares are, what your struggles are. But I'm here to tell you that what he did, he did for everyone. I want you to think about your struggles. You got a pen. If you want to start writing some down, feel free. But I wanted to show you this. In Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet. Isaiah lived about 500 years before Jesus came around. Okay? And he would hear from God and he would tell people and things would come true. That's how a prophet of that day became known as a prophet. You know, lots of people could say, oh, it's not going to rain this fall. But you know, those that were actually came true and came true, we knew those were legitimate prophets. And so we see here in Isaiah chapter 52, verse, starting in verse 13, he begins to prophesy about the Messiah that would come. He says, see, my servant will act wisely, and he will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form marred beyond human likeness. What are they talking about? The beating that he got, right? He was flogged. He was beat. He was whipped. It says, so he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouth because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before them like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him, but he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem, but surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering Yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, 
have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I, I, like, the, I like the vocabulary they use here. Transgressions are our one-time sins. Right? We did it once. No, we realized we shouldn't do that. We never do it again. He forgives us for those. But our iniquities are those things that we struggle with day after day after day. We call them, you know, bad habits. <laughs> we call them temptations. We call them addictions. We call them lots of different things. I sometimes call it selfishness in myself. I just, I don't, I don't know. I know gluttony is a sin, but I want the chocolate cake. Like, bring on the second beast, right? You know, like, let's just be real. There's a lot of things that are considered sinful, right? There's a lot of things that God said, like, hey, this isn't good for your body, right? I want your body to be whole. I want your spirit to be whole. I want your soul to be whole, right? But that, we struggle with it. We do it anyway. He was, but that's why I love it. I said, we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. What he took to the cross and what he bore when he was that sacrifice and that blood was shed covered it all. It covered what happened when I was 12. It covered what happened with my thoughts. It covered, right? When, when people say to me, Mary, you don't know what I've done. I said, no, but Jesus did. And he covered it. I hate to tell you this, but you're not more powerful than Christ. There is nothing that you have done or can do or your thoughts or anything that is more powerful than what he did on that cross. There just isn't. You're not that powerful. I know sometimes we think we're all that in a bag of chips, but he was way more. He was all that in the kitchen sink, right? Like he, he's God. He could take it all. He was opposed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Isn't that interesting? We read that, how he kept being silent. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. It says, by opposition and judgment, he was taken away, yet who of his generation opposed, proposed, protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. This, I think, is so interesting. Like, 500 years before, he prophesied this. He says, he was assigned to a grave with the wicked. See, those that the Romans crucified, they would go throw them in just a public field for just the general population, just the poor people to die. It says, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and yet with the rich in his death. Remember how it says that Joseph came to Pilate? And he was a rich man, and he said, can I please take the body? And he had a carved out tomb, and they put Jesus there. So even though his assignment was to go off in a field with all the other people, he ended up going and being laid down in a rich man's tomb. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. I love reading Isaiah because it reminds me that what he did on the cross was not just for the forgiveness of sins, even though that's the best part, right? We all want to be forgiven and know that now well, let's talk about that. When we think we're forgiven of our sins, well, we automatically just think, well, I get to go to heaven when I die. And then that's it. We, we live with that. And we're thankful for that. And I'm thankful for that. But there's much more to it than that. John 10, 10 is one of my favorite verses. Can you tell us? It's here on the wall. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Christ talking. 
See, we get to have life. We can go to heaven when we die. But we can also have a fullness of life while we're here on earth. And Isaiah reminds me of that. He says, look, he was not only pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. So that forgiveness of sin lets us know that, hey, I can not only go to heaven when I die, but I can go to him in prayer now and talk to him. And and he loves me and he's forgiven me and I can be in relationship with him. And that's great. But it also goes on and says that he was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Maybe some of your cares is something that's stealing your peace. Right? Do you have a relationship with someone in your life and you just you can't get along or you're, they're freaking you out or you're struggling? Is that stealing your peace? What's stealing your peace? Is there an anxiety? Is there a worry? And then he says, and by his wounds we are healed. See, we have body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit needs to reconcile with God to know that we're going to heaven when we die and know that I can talk to him in prayer. I don't have to worry about being guilty or innocent. Right? I can just come to him. He's cleansed me. Our soul is the peace in our relationships with those around us and our fears and our struggles and our emotions. But our body is our third part, right? For those of that forget, back in Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. Mankind was made in his image. Well, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? There's the soul, the spirit, and the body of God. Christ came down in body form, right? There's the Holy Spirit. There's Father God who's full of emotion and passion and, you know. And so we're made in his image. So we have three parts just like God has three parts. And when Christ came on the cross, he didn't just come for one part of us. He came for all of us. So each of you has this card. This is the interactive part of today. If he could go to the cross and he could walk through the streets of Jerusalem with everyone spitting and yelling at him, you can entertain me for the next five minutes, right? We can do this. I want you to take your pen, and I want you to write down what your cares are today. That when Jesus went to the cross, he wanted to take your cares with him. Because what happens is we don't take it to the cross, and we usually give it to him. What we do is we hold on to it. It becomes our identity. You don't understand, Mary. I, you know, I'm a crippled. Or you don't understand, Mary. I'm, you know, a widow, and this has just stole my peace, and this is just, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be this way. Or you don't understand, Mary, right? Like, I just, I did this bad thing when I was younger, and God can never forgive me. He can never bless me, right? Some of us, we have cares that we have hold on to, and we don't want to give it to Christ. We want to hold on to it. And what he did on the cross was for us to be able to give to him that struggle, So we're going to write it down, right? It might be, I got a pain in the neck. Um, What other are my cares? Oh, I've got a daughter that I've been praying for. I'm going to write her name down. Oh, I got, you know, what kind of temptations am I dealing with? That I, you know, I feel like I have iniquity problem there. You know, I I know better, but I, I do it again and again. Oh, I know a good one here, anger. Have you ever been angry? Sometimes I get angry. I got, uh, I'm I'm sure all of you are perfect. You've never been angry, right? I did say I have four children, right? You know, Uh, my husband's probably like, don't just put, when you get angry at the kids, don't don't forget about the dogs or me or, right? No. Uh, But see, here's the thing. Like, I can just say, oh, I'm just an angry person. Just who I am. I could claim it. And hold on to it. I, I, can, I can repeat that over and over again. Or I can say today 
is the day that I not only got to remember what Christ did, but today is the day that I made a decision in front of all of you to come over to the cross and to nail it to the cross just like our Savior was nailed to the cross and say, now it's done. Yeah, I'll probably be tempted again tomorrow, but that's not going to be my identity. I'm not going to claim that I'm an angry person because I gave that to Christ. I gave it to the cross. And I'm going to walk out of here as a new creation. See, the scripture is really clear about this. The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14, it says, For Christ's love compels us. We are convinced that neither that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. See, I always regarded myself from that worldly point of view. At this point, he's talking about judging others, but why do I judge others? Because I judge myself. I'm going to regard myself how Christ sees me. Because of what he did on the cross, I'm clean, I'm forgiven. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Let's let go of the old. I don't know what you're writing on your cards, but I bet you don't want it. I don't want it. I didn't want what I put on my card. Let's let go of the old today. The new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, when Adam and Eve sinned and they felt like they could no longer talk to God, he was like, hey, hey, come on back. You, want, you reconcile with somebody that there's been something that's happened that's disconnected. See, when we hold on to those cares, we're letting that disconnect us from our relationship and truly believing it. He's going to bless me tomorrow because he doesn't see all that. What happens is he's forgiven us for it, but we still see it. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I'm going to ask Jessie to come back up here. Maybe she wants to nail something across first. And share with you one of my old favorite songs. And while she sings this song, I want you to be brave. To come up here with your cares. Go ahead and fold your sheet in half. Nobody needs to see it. It's not for us to go and look at. Um, but it's for you to nail up. I don't want you to take it with you. I want you to leave it here. So that way you can be reconciled with Christ. <laughs>